0: Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and guess what? It's also free. They have so many tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you on different apps like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. There's also money-making opportunities from Anchor with minimum listenership. It's everything you need to start your path to being a successful podcaster. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So I ask you, what are you waiting for? Good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Dom's Waves of Words. You know, I'm just trying this podcast thing because I just wanted to get my poetry out there. You know, I've, I've been writing for a while and... You know, one of the most intimate things a writer can do is share his work with his friends and with people that don't even know him. Um, you know, from feeling like you're going to be judged to, you know, people not understanding where you're coming from or your viewpoints. Um, it's a very intimate sharing of information, especially when it's information that is personal to you. Um, a lot of my poetry The motivation for them comes from different situations I've either observed, I've gone through, um, I've listened to different stories and things of that nature. So when it comes down to writing my poetry, sometimes it's about me, sometimes it's not. But the end goal is to be able to share it with you guys so that you understand and that you get a viewpoint different from what you may be used to, um... Poetry is a tool that I've been using to alleviate my own stress, to alleviate my own depression. And hopefully that when I share this with you guys, you'll get some, something from it as well. Without further ado, one of my favorite poems that I have written called Tick Tock. Tick Tock. Mama's on the clock. The world tells her she's a failure. Who am I to say she's not? The media says drop out of school and use what you got because she has no brain, but she can use her head to get to the top. Tick-tock, mama's got to eat. No one wants to hire her, so she sells her body on the street. The men, they buy her body, but they never listen to it weep. Tick-tock, mama's got a baby. Her pimp boyfriend beating her, saying she being lazy. She pumps her veins with white peace on the daily. Only in that state does she say the problems of this world don't faze me. Tick-tock. Mama's baby's getting bigger. Growing up in the world, that's supposed to be progressive, but they still calling him a nigger. Seeing mama pump her veins and no father figure, pain he internalizing, like the slip of a finger on a trigger. Tick-tock. Mama's getting sick. Maybe from the time she was raped by a guy with AIDS. Damaged past her core, he raped her soul. Her son hates her, but doesn't realize she just wanted to be whole. Living life in the fast lane takes its toll. And through those years, mama still don't know her role. Tick tock. Mama never had a chance. Daddy left mommy and her reality was more like a trance. She spent her life looking for love and a lust for romance, not realizing she was worth more than the wetness in her pants. Tick-tock, mama's gone forever. Her son cries the words, mama, I wish I loved you better. Life can be our greatest stressor, and sometimes ourselves can be our greatest oppressor. Tick-tock, mama's heart stop. Don't be like mama when there's no time left on life's clock. So I wrote, I wrote that poem, and you know, it, it, it was no personal rendition, but so many times you know, we find ourselves in situations where we don't even know how we got there. Um, It's like we spend so much time chasing money, chasing fame, chasing everything but the things that will make us happy, all because we've been conditioned to believe that that was all that we were. You know, when I wrote this poem, I put myself in the mind of someone else, Um, you know, Doing what she had to do to make ends meet, but not realizing she was worth more than that quick buck. You know, she was worth more than what she was willing to accept. But, you know, when it comes down to it, she felt as though she had no other options. And a lot of times, especially in this life, as a minority, you know, a minority male in America, we feel as though we have no options. OK, you know, we grew up in neighborhoods where our parents were poor, our grandparents were poor. You know, opportunity wasn't always there to become a better version of ourselves. Um, and I'm not saying that money makes us a better version of ourselves because it doesn't. But money does give us access to different things. Um, not only are we not afforded the same opportunity as our counterparts, we're forced to make Something out of nothing, okay? So I'm not sitting here making an excuse for, you know, doing crime. But at the same time, if the ends justify the means, sometimes who are we to judge? You know, who are we to say, you know, that that kid on the corner selling crack to be able to eat? Like, that's really the reality that we live in. Because I, I should be honest, I work in higher education, okay? And I know for a fact That college is not for everybody, but the way the system is set up is set up in such a way that it's preached to us from a young age that you have to go to college to get a job. Right. Cool. All right. Fine. I will do what needs to be done to get a job. So back when I first started college, which (laughs) was in 2011, so that was a very, very, very long time ago. I know I'm old. Shut up. People that know me. Don't say anything. I know I'm old. Get over it. (laughs) But, you know, in 2011, we were told, okay, you get a bachelor's degree, you'll get a job. Okay? Well, somewhere along the lines of my four years at East Stroudsburg University, which we can get into a whole long conversation about how East Stroudsburg changed my life in both a good way and a bad way, but we were told that you go, you know, do your four years, After your four years, you can go and apply for a job. Well, let me tell you, that was not the case at all. (laughs) I got to 2015. You know, I'm happy. I took two consecutive semesters of 18 credits to make sure I can graduate on time. And I began to apply to jobs. Now, this is when reality smacked me like a sack of bricks. I'm applying to jobs. I'm applying to jobs. And one word keeps coming up in all of the conversations. How much job experience do you have? Now I'm sitting here like, how the hell am I supposed to get job experience if I'm also a full-time student pursuing my degree? Like what? Like how did that make any sense? I'm, I'm sitting here flabbergasted because, you know, I feel like I was lied to. I feel like I was sold a bag of fake dreams. Okay, I went out, I did my part. My part was to go out and get my bachelor's degree. I got that, but now you're telling me that the requirements have now shifted. Because not just the degree you require, now you require a job experience. Oh, and by the way, a bachelor's degree might get you past the pre-screening phase, but it doesn't get you the job. Because now, you need at the very least a master's degree. Okay, cool. But to that little kid that, you know, is from the inner city that doesn't know these things, that doesn't have access to these things, that first generation college student that doesn't know how financial aid works. So they're taking classes they may not need. They're in majors that may not yield dividends. What hope can we give them if the rules of engagement continue to change? What hope can we give them when no matter how hard they try to be positive, the allure of fast money or easy money is so great where they live. I mean, you know, again, no excuse for for the decisions they make, but you have to put it Into the proper context. So TikTok is not just a poem. About a woman. But it's a poem about that. That person that doesn't see. Any other options. That person that. You know. At the core of who they are. They're not a bad person. When you sit down and you talk to people. You understand a little bit more. Their thought process. Because if you were to just judge them. Off of what you. Can see from the outside. You're assuming oh, they're a bad person, they don't want to work, they're lazy, they're this, they're that, but you don't realize that person didn't apply to twenty-five different jobs and only got five interviews, but then after the interview didn't get a call back. They get the you know, infamous line, don't call us, we'll call you. And when you get that line, you already know you're not about to get that job. Like let's <laughs> just be honest. You're not. So what do you what do you tell somebody whose ribs are touching? who's hungry, who just wants something to eat, or who wants to keep their light tone in their house, or who wants to, you know, get pampers for their child. What do you tell them when it seems like the only option they have is illegal? You know, um, (laughs) it's amazing to me because I mean, I grew up 17 from Lehigh, North Philadelphia. And I've met so many great people from that section of my city that are in such messed up situations due to circumstance. I never forget, you know, my mom used to always tell me, God rest her soul, that we are one decision away from fame or from infamy. And that one decision can be a really quick decision. It can be, you know. You experiment with a drug one time and now you're hooked for the rest of your life. It could be someone slipped something into your drink and now your mental state has been de- degraded to such a point that you can't even make decisions for yourself. So I consider myself lucky because there are people that I've grown up with that have ended up in jail, that have ended up you know, in situations where it's pretty dark because they felt as though... That was the only option that they had. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be in that environment, but not have to succumb to the tricks in the wild, that environment. And trust me, I've been broke. Let me tell you, I have been broke to the point where I was homeless. Okay. I've been broke to the point where I had no hot water in my house. At times, we had to borrow electricity from the neighbors. We had to, you know, eat cans of, uh, you know, pork and beans because that's all we had in the crib. And, you know, I understand why so many people get caught up because at times life gets depressing. Life beats you down. It's like, okay, I have nothing left. Something has to give and I say all that to say um, you know basically you have to be able to put it into the proper context there's no black and white really when it comes to life when it comes to life there's always some level of ambiguity that needs to be uncovered in order to understand why someone makes the decisions that they make so at The conclusion of this episode of Dom's Waves of Words. Do not, do not judge a book by its cover because you never, ever know, one, what that person is going through. Two, what decisions they had to make or what conditions led them to the point that they were at. And finally, never judge because you never know where you are. May end up with that being said, this concludes the first episode of Dom's waves of words on Mixcloud. If you like what you have heard, please, please, please share, comment, talk about it. If you have any questions, feel free to, you know, email them to me or, you know, comment on the post and I will definitely respond, but I wish you all nothing but love, peace and blessings. And with that I conclude the episode. Thank you.